You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. What an amazing day for us together. A great day to celebrate what Jesus did in conquering death, but also a great day to celebrate what Jesus is doing right now because he conquered death. Don't miss this, friends. Don't miss that the resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years ago has meaning for our lives right now, today. If you're a copy of God's Word, would you go with me, please, as we've seen this video to see it in Scripture. Luke chapter 24. Matthew, Mark, Luke, the third book in the New Testament. We'll go to the 24th chapter together. We'll start in verse 1. I encourage you to find a copy of God's Word. Find this passage. We'll be in this passage all morning long. Luke chapter 24. Beginning in verse 1. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Something is happening in in this verse, and it's not explicit, it's, it's implied. They, we see that mentioned twice here in verse 1 and verse 2, is referencing several women who were going to, to inspect or to see the body of Christ, to, to give spices to the deceased, to, to cause the, 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 the cave, the, the tomb that is the cave, to smell better. It, it was a Jewish tradition. We have Mary Magdalene, we have Joanna, whose husband worked for King Herod, worked in King Herod's palace, and we have an, another Mary, probably the Mary of, of James. They went to the tomb, but we need to make sure we understand this together. They did not go there to see if Jesus had been raised from the dead. No, they went there to carry out that Jewish tradition of putting spices on the cloth wrappings of the deceased. They didn't come in hope. They came in hopelessness. They came in grief, believing that Jesus was dead and gone. It's like me showing up as a 52-year-old for a basketball game. I have an oxygen tank with me, my personal physician to my left, and 911 on speed dial on my iPhone just in case. I'm showing up at that basketball game ready to see defeat. That's what these ladies were doing. They were walking ready to see defeat. They made their way to the tomb expecting death. They're hopeless. Remember that word, hopeless. All the plans they thought would happen were ripped away from them. If you want to, you can go back one page in your Bible to chapter 23 and look at verse 48 and 49. It's not on the screen behind me, but it is in the Bible in front of you. Look at verse 48 of chapter 23. And all the crowds that assembled for this spectacle, when they saw what had taken place, they returned home. They were beating their breast in grief. And all of his acquaintances, and here they are, the women who had followed him from Galilee, stood at a distance watching these things. What things were they watching? The death of Christ. If you, if you want to, chapter 23, look at verse, verse 46. Then Jesus, calling out with a loud voice, said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. That's what the ladies saw. 
That's what the women saw from the distance. Remember these ladies and so many other Jews that they were following Christ around and they believed that when he came into Jerusalem that he would be their freedom. He would be the one that would free them from the Roman oppression. They thought that he would be crowned as the Jewish king, that he was coming in and would be seated in David's throne and they would be free. Then they watched these things. They watched him die and their hope died with him. Maybe you feel a little hopeless today. And maybe you walked into this place and there's a hopeless situation happening in your life or with your family or with your finances or with relationships. Maybe you've lost someone this year. Maybe it has not been to death. Maybe it was a friend that just stopped calling you back. A close friend that maybe betrayed you. Maybe it was a breakup of a relationship, a boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, marriage that broke up, broke down. Maybe it was death. Maybe death did take a beloved grandparent, a mom, a dad, a sibling. Maybe your spouse has died since last Easter. Maybe you buried a son or a daughter. Or maybe you're just grieving what never happened or what never was. That's hopelessness. And that's what these ladies are feeling. Hopelessness is when you thought something would happen, but then you realize it's not going to happen. I promise I won't do sports alliterations or illustrations all day today. But it's kind of like you sports fans when you sit down to watch your favorite sports team. And like they're supposed to win. In fact, you know they're going to win. You have a good feeling they're going to win. But then they get a little bit behind in the first half or the first three quarters or the first three periods. And now you're in the fourth quarter. There's 15 minutes left. You're in the fourth period. It's in the second half and you're you're watching your team thinking, I, I'm pretty sure they can come back. But then you begin to see the, the time ticking down. And you begin to realize that sinking feeling that your team will not come back. And the time is almost over. And you realize there's not going to be a comeback. And they lose. I know I just described the last 25 years of being a Dallas Cowboy fan by that story just then. <laughs> but certainly it was also the, the feeling of these women. They thought he might win and he lost. I just described for you the feeling of being hopeless. Maybe you've been there. Maybe you are there. Luke 24. Pick it up here in verse 3. And we'll read it to the first part of verse 4. But when they went in into the tomb, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this. Let's stop right there. They came to the tomb expecting one thing, but another thing happens. They are surprised. They are baffled. The ESV uses the word perplexed. It's the Greek word opereo, and it means you're at a loss. Like you're at a loss of words. You're at a loss of emotions. You're at a loss of reaction. You're confused. You don't know what to do. Confused. Remember that word also. Things have changed immediately for them. Hopelessness is when the plans get ripped away. Confusion is when there's no longer a plan at all. And things have changed so much in this few moments for these women, they're not even sure what to do next. What's the next step? They are perplexed. They are surprised. They are baffled. They are at a loss. Life does this sometimes to us. When something happens that we were not expecting, 
And all of a sudden, when that something happens, we don't even know what to do. We don't know what to say. We don't know how to respond. You don't even know what to do in that minute. Sometimes we don't know what to do in a month. You get laid off of a job. Someone walks out on you. You get a phone call that you never expected. You read about someone that did something that you never expected them to do. And you don't even know how to respond. You're perplexed. You're confused. Not even sure what to say. Not even sure what to, what to do. That, that's happened in my life just like it's happened in your life. I remember getting a call from my dad my sophomore year at Baylor. This was long before cell phones. He had to track me down. I was in Houston speaking at a, at a youth retreat. And he called me and told me my, my roommate had just been killed in a car wreck on, on Baylor's campus. I guess in that little window of time, like, what are you supposed to say? Like, how are you supposed to feel? How do you, how do you respond? When my brother-in-law walked out on my sister, left, left her, left the kids, this, this great Christian brother, this great Christian friend, I didn't know what to say. I, I didn't know how to respond. It was that I, I, I'm rarely am I caught speechless. And I didn't know what to say. A really close pastor friend of mine that cheated on his wife and left the ministry and really kind of walked away from his faith. There are times in life that we're so stunned, we're so perplexed, we're confused, we're speechless, we're at, at a loss. That's what's happening right now in the lives of these women. Confused. Remember that word. Luke chapter 24. Let's read verse 4 again and go to verse 5. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? So these ladies go from being perplexed to being afraid. Isn't that the word that's used right here? They were frightened. In fact, so frightened, they bowed their faces to the ground. So they, they go from confusion to fear. Fear. Remember that word. Don't miss this scene. <laughs> They're walking to a cemetery. The gospel writer John says it's still dark outside. They walk up to the tomb. The guards were gone. Suspicious. They step into a dark burial chamber. They're expecting to see a dead body and no one is on the stone slab. Then boom, two glowing dudes. Why do you seek the living among the dead? I mean, of course you would be frightened. I mean, it might be, I need to change my pants time right here. Some people might cry. Some people might take a swing at the angel. Someone might take a punch at the angel of the Lord. Like, how, how do you respond in a moment like that? I, I don't know if there's any other dads like this. I enjoy scaring my family. I know it's a horrible pastime. Some of you will probably transfer to First Baptist Woodway after I tell you this story. I, I love jumping around corners with my family. I love hiding under beds. I love being in closets. I even have, oh gosh, I'm going to lose about half of y'all unless I tell you this. I have an old man plastic mask, like a, like a face mask. It's an old, old, scary looking man. I know God's going to get me back by making me look like that in about 30 years or so. I'm going to become that old, scary man. And my family always reacts differently when, when I scare them. When I scare my son, he, he doesn't make any noise at all. But he jumps, like he leaves both of his feet. He will hop from one place to another, like give himself whiplash, like he violently reacts, but won't make a sound at all. So anytime like he comes to his bed and I'm under the bed and I grab his ankle, he doesn't say anything. 
I just, I don't see him for about 10 minutes or so because he, he jumps, he moves, he runs away. But my daughter is almost the exact opposite. When I, I mean, it can be the middle of the night and I know that she's like getting up to go to the kitchen. So I'm going to hide around the dining room table at two o'clock in the morning and I jump out and I scare her and she just stares at me, <laughs> glares and then rolls her eyes and walks on. Like, how do you, how do you do that? How did you not jump? How did you not make that, that noise? Now, my wife, Jennifer, don't tell her that she's out of town today. So don't tell her I said this. When I scare her, when I jump out from the claws that are, had that scary old man's mask on that I will one day look like, I'm certain. When I jump out and scare her, as feminine as she is and as ladylike as she is, she lets out this husky male scream like when, when I scare her. It kinda, I kind of get scared myself when she screams like that. It's like, oh, I didn't know there was a man in the house. Oh, Jen, I'm sorry. It was you. And then she takes a left hook at me every time. She, always, she has no idea it's me. She always hits with the left hook. So I don't scare her as much as I do my kids. But also I know when to duck and how to duck when she comes at me from, from a left hook. That's kind of the scene that's happening right here. I mean, you're in a dark tomb. I mean, the best scary movies of all time take place in a cemetery. And here they are in, in the darkness. They're walking through, and all of a sudden, these two men who are glowing, who are, who are radiant, they come out and they say, why do you seek the living among the dead? Can you imagine this scene? Coming to put spices on a dead body in the dark, stepping into a tomb cave, expecting a body, no one's there. Of course you're fearful. Hopelessness is having plans ripped out from underneath you. Confusion is not even having a plan at all, but fear is feeling like everything coming at your plans is a threat. Luke 24, verse 6. They continue. The glowing dudes keep talking. He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. I love verse 8. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, told all of these things to the eleven and to the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Listen, look at verse 11. Listen to verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. They too had forgotten. And they did not believe them. So the women are now convinced they do remember what Jesus had told them in Galilee, and they returned to tell the disciples about the gospel writer Matthew in chapter 28 says that when they ran back, a little bit like that video, they ran back with great joy. And they came back to the 11, the, the 12 sans Judas. The women are thrilled. The men are doubtful. Doubtful. Remember that word. When you think about it, the men are in the same place the women were just 20 minutes ago. Without faith. Doubt is when you think God's promises will never happen. Maybe some of you walked in today and that's where you are. In a season where you doubt God's going to really come through for you. You doubt God's promises. You doubt that God actually has plans for your life. Some of you might find yourself in that season of doubt even today. That can God really forgive me for everything that I've done? Can he really redeem all the sad, even horrible things that have happened in my life, or the, all the wrongs done to me? Listen to this. If God can redeem a cross, he can redeem anything. God redeemed a cross from being an instrument of death to being a means to our life, Christian. 
Don't doubt that God can use anything in your life, whether it be suffering or sorrow or sickness or sadness, to draw you closer to himself. But one person in this story pushes back the doubt. One person in this story pushes back the doubt. I might add the hopelessness, the confusion, and the fear also. And isn't it interesting that it's Peter who just 36 hours earlier had denied even knowing Christ to a servant girl. He had cursed at her. He had swore, I never knew this man. That's the guy who pushes back the doubt. Luke 24, verse 12. But Peter... But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. He marveled. He's amazed. Remember that word. He's amazed. He's amazed at all that he had just seen. Think of all the amazing things that Peter had already seen Jesus do. Jesus tells Peter to cast a a net on the certain side of the boat. And when he does that, he, he hauls in such a large number of fish that the boat can barely contain it. Jesus takes Peter to the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, and there he sees transfigured Elijah and Moses. Jesus tells Peter to catch a fish. And at the very first fish he catches, there'll be a coin in his mouth to pay his taxes. Kind of makes you want to go fishing a lot more during tax season, doesn't it? Jesus calls Peter to walk out in the water. And he does and defies the properties of water. And just a few hours earlier, when Jesus was arrested, Peter felt threatened and pulled out a sword and cut off the ear of Malchus. And then he saw Jesus pick up that ear off the ground and reattach it and heal the ear of Malchus. But of all the amazing things that Peter had ever seen Jesus do. He now sees that this Jesus has done the most amazing thing ever. Jesus beats death. And he called it. What headspace are you in today? Feeling a little hopeless? In a season of, of confusion? Maybe the confusion of life. Maybe you're confused by others. Maybe you're confused by the church. Maybe you're confused by yourself. Fearful? Are you doubting today? Nothing pushes back hopelessness, confusion, fear, and doubt more than being amazed at the resurrection of Jesus. This event changed everything. This historic event changed the landscape of all human history. God became man, lived a perfect life, went to a cross that was really our cross, and then conquered death by being raised back to life. It really doesn't matter how you walked in here today. In hopelessness and fear and confusion or in doubt, because here's the true deal today. You can come to Jesus and marvel at his grace and and be amazed at the joy that he gives and marvel at the contentment he gives your heart, the certainty he gives, the promises he gives. Oh, you can come to Jesus today and marvel that this Christ is greater than death. That is why throughout the centuries, Christians specifically on this day, have marked Resurrection Sunday with the joy that Christ conquered his death, and listen, Christian, our death. We join centuries 
and we join millions of people around the globe today believing and knowing this. Christ is risen from the dead. Would you stand with me, please? Let's pray together. God, all of us in this room, there's been points in our lives where we have felt so hopeless. Our emotions have betrayed us. People have betrayed us. Our dreams have been ripped out from underneath us and we have felt without hope. A lot of us in this room, certain times of our lives, the culture has confused us. The behavior of others have confused us. What the world says is true has confused our hearts. Many in this room, we have doubts. Maybe doubts about your plans. Maybe doubts about your reality. Maybe doubts about your promises. And we've just allowed ourselves to enter into a time of disbelief. Maybe others here today, we're just, we're afraid. Afraid of the unknown. Afraid of others. Afraid of ourselves. Afraid of our past. Afraid of our future. And nothing shuts down hopelessness, confusion, fear, and doubt like being amazed that Christ has been raised from the dead. So we marvel today. We, we run in the joy and the hope that, that Peter ran in as he ran to that tomb, as he marveled, amazed, that Christ is risen from the dead. So we join heaven, we join the angels, we join our brothers and sisters around the globe today. Christians, we sing that Christ is greater than death. Christ is bigger than the grave. Christ has conquered all. So Christians, let's sing together about this conquering King.